This message brought to you by Garrison Brewing and Nostaljunk Podcast. Tall Ship Amber by Garrison is an amber red ale, a tasty premium East Coast ale brewed with adventure, craft, pride, and independence. This beer delivers on true refreshment with an easygoing style. Drop anchor, hoist a glass, and launch into one. For more information, why not visit garrisonbrewing.com. This show contains badass material and foul f***ing language. Some people may find offensive. What else did you expect? Nostalgia really whips the llama's ass. Hello yet again, and welcome to the Insanely Dangerous Retro Pod Show. Size doesn't matter, it's what you do with it yes well i mean I, i'm off now because i've got to go and scream absolutely garbage Pauly sure there's somebody i don't really give a fuck about he did kick me off the arse <laughs> nice nice argument there oh shut up shut up oh there's a finger i i almost urinated tune in next week because i just can't stop loving you guys it's the batman jeans no more andy hinchcliffe I'm Lisa. And I'm Agnes. And together, we are Sass and Sips, a watch rewatch podcast. We want to personally invite you to check out our podcast, where we'll be discussing TV shows from two perspectives. One who has seen the show before. And one who's not so sure. While we drink a lot. <laughs> I mean, like a lot, a lot. <laughs> Every season, we will focus on a new show. And for our first season, we have chosen the iconic show, Lost. We hope that you will come over and check us out. We can be found on your favorite podcast platform or at sassandsips.com. If you're down for drinks, friends, and television, then make sure you listen and subscribe. Because we're down for all of it. Yes. Woo-hoo. So listen with your bestie, open your favorite bottle, and sip and sass with Sass and Sips. All right, while we get settled into our evening, what are we drinking? Um, In honor of my upcoming trip to Cape Breton, to the Cabot Trail, I also entered a contest from Breton Brewing, and I am drinking and wearing Island Time Lager. He is. Man, he looks looks good. (laughs) You know, like, sometimes you say, that shirt really looks good on you. That shirt really looks good on you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's just a simple white. It's a beach shirt. It's my summer shirt. My new summer shirt. As we sit in my slightly humid basement, sucking back some two boys, Smokehouse Don't Air Pepperoni. Yeah, can we get a sponsorship from two boys? Please. Actually, well, no, I do. But I was going to say don't, but I do. Because if I, if, if you do, I'm going to eat it all the time, and I'll gain even more weight. You know what? I weighed myself the other day. Not good. No. I got, I got to change it up. I got to change my game. So maybe more pepperoni, less carbs. Yeah, actually, that. I mean, if you just eat protein, it's probably better than just, just eating carbs. Right. And, of course, drinking. Okay, I take it back. Two boys, sponsors. 
Let's get on that. Yeah, wait, drinking beer, that's all carbs, isn't it? Shit. Oh, yeah, no, this is, yeah, we, and we like craft beer, so it's even higher in our sugar deposits. Notice how they don't have any nutritional information on any cans ever. The only information you need, sir, is the percentage at the bottom. It does sway my purchasing decision. Sometimes. Uh, something like an Imperial Stout, I'm not, uh, that's not something I'm swigging back a ton of. Yeah, but just like, the, uh, I'm just thinking also the other day, I was down at the beer garden, but I was driving. So the rule is just one beer. Everyone else can have beers. We'll have dinner, drinks. I can have one beer. Yeah. So what do I do? Mm. I have to go based on it. It almost doesn't even matter what the beer is. I have to go based on the alcohol percentage. If I have one beer, it's like, well, box cutter IPA. Seven <laughs> percent. You know what? That's exactly the opposite of what I thought you were going to say. Oh, really? I thought you were going to say you find the lightest one and no. say that's my drink. If I have one beer over a couple hours, yeah, might as well make you know, might as well have a little head buzz while I'm sitting there. Head buzz. <laughs> <laughs> It's like that Howard Stern, the Howard <laughs> Private Parts movie. Have you tried that? What? Tickling your taint? No. Oh, okay. Do you know that's what Ghost says to their audience? Who? Ghost. The band? When they're doing their, you know, banter to the crowd. Have you been rocked? Have we tickled your taint? Man. I wonder if he said that when I saw them in Hollywood. I don't remember much of that, but. Ghost is great. They were good. But I remember, I remember not knowing too much. Sure. I was there to see Mastodon. Uh, well, who isn't there to see Mastodon? <laughs> but they were cool. They came out and he had like the, the he was full satanic priest. Yes. Uh, Love g- it. Ghost. So what album was that for, for Mastodon? Oh, uh, The Hunter. The Hunter. Okay. So this is like pre-Ghost Explosion. Yes. They, they, they were, were, they they were, were on the rise. Yeah. They were the local band that's got a cool gimmick at that time. The rest of the band in just full black cloaks, mm. the black masks, and him with I like, love it. His yeah, the satanic priest outfit did look amazing. Yeah, and now he's into the, like the well, I don't know yeah, what the just, next one's going to be. The current ghost that's in my head is the Copa, like the one that looks like a, an Italian mobster, like a real prosthetic face. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm trying to picture it in my head, man. I just for some reason I I can't. I can only see Corey Taylor in that weird, yes. like, phantom mask. Yes. yes, Not even that one. Remember the one before? It looked like a crash test dummy mask, yeah. that Corey Taylor? Yes. I don't know why I can't picture Tobias. That was a weird one. Tobias, it's Tobias Forge, right? That's his name? Yes. Yeah, I can't picture what the mask yeah. is. Great singer. Yeah, that was a weird one. That was one of the, the, the worst Slipknot masks, I think. Yeah. I liked Slipknot when they came out, and I liked them until, what was it, the Resident Evil... Music video for My Plague. Oh, yeah. Man, that was a good song. That was on Resident Evil soundtrack? Yeah. That mu- was off of Iowa, right? Yeah. And the music video for the song incorporated images and shots from the movie. Oh. I liked them for, throughout that time period, but after a while, I think I just got more into heavier stuff. and They were just such a, like a, a burst of energy at the start. They and were. You wish that the, the music could have like evolved in that, especially even Iowa was still an angry album. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like a really they, kind of, I don't know, metal forward, aggressive definitely, thing. Definitely. Yeah. Because kind of existing outside of your quote unquote metal terrain in the mainstream, you're in the public's eye. Therefore, you're not so metal. Yeah, it's almost like they, in a way, it was the, it was like, I don't know if they intended this, but now that I think about it, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't enough that music had to sound aggressive. You actually had to be aggressive and that's what slipknot i mean initially was to me it was like 
it was, you know, it sounds cheesy to say dangerous, but yeah. they were just like these insane looking people yeah. that actually did the insane shit on stage. Like they acted just like the personas they were trying to mm-hmm. enact on stage as like the clown. He he's, was, I mean, he's, he's like, I, I know he's just a percussionist, but in terms of helping to make the idea of Slipknot yeah. Like make them famous. That's probably why he's like still in the band. Probably like one of the main members of the band. You got to give credit I, to Clown Sean Sean Crahan or yeah. whatever. He yeah he was crazy. Even like the cover of the debut album. All I all I can picture right now is him looking down. That mask is like iconic at this. Point. It's only it's the only discernible character on that cover mm-hmm. that you can make out, which is a creepy effing clown among a bunch of black and red. Yeah. 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 Some great songs on that album. Which one? The debut? Yeah. Oh my God. There's Sick, so many. Eyeless. The whole album is Wait and Bleed. <laughs> spit It Out. Oh man. Surfacing. The B-side, Purity. Purity. I love Dude, Purity a lot. I had I had the, the, the original... A uh, CD that had purity on it before they cut it. It would just get stuck in my head for days. The you all stare, but you'll never see. That's the one. Something inside me. I would like sing that all the time. Something in you, I despise. <laughs> every riff, every riff on that album is open. First fret, open. First fret. But yeah, spit it out. Uh, the hidden track, Eeyore. Oh man, liberate. Like especially being a drummer, Liberate was like, "Damn it, I am not afraid," and it was like that backbeat drum beat he was doing with the hi hats. And I showed my dad, and yeah. my dad did not understand. No, <laughs> there's just so many influences on that album that it's just it comes out in all these moments that you're listening to. You're like, I have honestly never heard anything like this before, which works against some bands. You blow your load in the first album, know, all your but- creative juices are out. You leave behind an amazing album, then hopefully you continue to speak to your audience album after album, which they definitely have. I mean, they are like the oh. Metallica for another generation. That's hilarious you say it like that because now it makes me think of, because Metallica, you know, I didn't, I don't consider Metallica extreme music. No. So it's like in that way, let's uh, Metallica is mainstream as they get. So in that way, they're, they are kind of pop. Yes. Like not, they still make heavy metal music, but that's that's interesting you say that that I would say, yeah, the Slipknot are the Metallica of extreme music. Most certainly. The household name yeah. of extreme music. <laughs> yeah. They they exist in a way that Metallica does. Any other keynote individuals in the world, you don't have to know what they do. You mm. just know who they are. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's, not many bands can achieve that level of um, name recognition. Yeah. You know, Slipknot yeah. is just such a instantly recognized. I, I, I mean, you could say, I wonder, I'd love to do like the, you know, a test, like a man on the street test. And right. Just see how many people of all ages, different thing, you know, yeah. I bet you 80% of people would know the name Slipknot. Sure. Sure. So. Wrapping around, we go back to Metallica for a sec. There you go. <laughs> this all ties in beautifully. We just reminisced about Slipknot. That just got me back to about late 90s. I'm holding a Guitar World magazine. I see a picture of the two guitarists in it from Mm -hmm. Slipknot. Jim Brute, Mick Thompson. Mm -hmm. And I remember Mick Thompson saying, what were his influences? And he said, the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix. Hmm. I thought, that's exactly the opposite of how you sound. So I thought, that's really interesting. Dial that back a little bit further than that. That first debut album that we know of isn't their first album. Yeah, I know. 
what was it mate kill repeat or something mate feed kill repeat <laughs> and the song that i remember listening to was do nothing bitch slap Do we know that? No. No. So, how did I learn about that song? It was a thing called the internet. And it's early 2000s. All of a sudden, you were obtaining music at a couple clicks of the finger. (laughs) So, here we are. We are actually going to talk about some piracy from our past. Um, File sharing. Peer to peer. There you go. Yeah. All the different softwares, the... The websites, like the stuff that when your dad turned on the computer, the computer didn't work anymore. (laughs) Those were the sites you went to. It's interesting that we're going to be talking about it because at this time, I would say it's not completely dead. No. Especially in the realm of movies. But in the realm of music, Mm. I bet you it's going to be dead in the next couple of years because of just the availability of Spotify and Google Music and... Yes. Like music now is just so readily available. You don't need to pirate it anymore. Yes. You know? They are, even though Spotify is like 10 bucks a month, iTunes music is 10 bucks a month. But even it's free if you don't, if you want to listen to ads. If you, if you want to listen to ads, yeah. th- that's the point is that music is free to listen to. And it's, it's kind of sad as an artist to think that your know, stuff is just background throwaway music. But that's the evolution of music, unfortunately, is that. Um, it's always been background noise in popular sense, but people that like to go and look for something that's a little more of a deep cut, maybe genre specific, something mm-hmm. that isn't the mainstream. Because of Spotify and Apple, you can actually download and tap into um, the recordings that you're probably downloading illegally as a youth at a shitty quality, mm-hmm. but now you can get them like in two seconds and it sounds great you're supporting the artist if that matters to you like all those little things actually add up and and that's and that's you know that speaks to the streaming services now is that the (laughs) the threat of being caught quote unquote is uh is reduced instantly by just either doing it for free and listening to a couple ads or paying 10 bucks a month and just having it at your fingertips so it, it, it just kind of goes okay that's not on my mind anymore it's okay i know same goes with you know netflix for movies and and the video streaming services it, you know we may have cut cable to quote unquote save costs but we actually drive up our bills by subscribing to all these different i know services if you have like eight services you're paying you know 80 bucks a month you're, for movies <laughs> yeah but it all goes back to what we're trying to talk about which is piracy mm-hmm. the late 90s early 2000s boom of illegal downloading you know it napster it it set the ball rolling for downloading illegally oh yeah quickly burning off onto CDs. Man, how many CDs did you have the new mixtape? Yeah. Just like I'm a big spindle of uh blank CDs and you'd have Ugh. I remember one of my favorite CDs um that I burned myself growing up. It was like a mix. I tried it, I called it my hard mix or something. Oh, definitely. I forget what I called it, but I it was a uh it was one for one like metal rap. Yeah. So I had, I remember specifically, I had Push It by Static X oh, on yes. there. I had 
uh, slam by Onyx on there. Okay. You know what I mean? Like a one for one yeah. of just hard ass, you yeah. know, metal and rap going right. like, yeah, right. Definitely would have pirated that music, you know? Oh, totally. Or, totally. Uh, yeah. That was back in the time too, before streaming services were a thing, obviously oh, yeah. like I'm allu- alluding to, but e- even still, if you're, if your taste exists, not of the mainstream, then where else are you going to listen to it? Especially if you live in Halifax, no radio station is going to have it. And even online radio stations were really also difficult to come by. Oh my God. Do you remember, was it Winamp? Yeah. And you could load those like radio stations? Yeah. All those weird feeds? Yeah. It was like an FTP server or uh, you you tap into the RSS feed and you're just listening to, you know, K-Rock in California or pre-satellite radio or something. Yeah. And, but it wasn't great. And you couldn't take it with you. And that was the yeah, appeal that's true, of, that's true. of downloading. So, you know, and it wasn't just music. It was movies. It was TV shows. It was absolutely everything you could download. It's and porn. Oh. <laughs> so much porn. Yeah. Well, I mean, did, I was. I'm sorry. Did you hear the break stop on the conversation? Napster yeah. was what? Not, you said it was 90, 99. Was yeah. when it was launched. So, I mean, I was 19 years old, man. Come on. <laughs> Come on. What are you going to do? There was LimeWire. Yeah. I remember LimeWire. Kazaa. I used Kazaa. And then there was Kazaa Light. Scour. Nope. I would tell you. That was good for the P word, for sure. Um, the P word. Definitely. See, I just said P word, and I've, I've now forced you to put that word into your head. <laughs> and there was MIRC. That was more of like the coding, uh, you know, your command prompt style downloading. All still being used today. So this technology is still being used. It's just mm. masked in different ways. Um, if you look at the original Napster downloader, like the client mm-hmm. downloader, that that still looks like all the torrent downloaders that exist now. Yeah. And it's weird how like in 20 something years that didn't change really, you know, the just what you need to get something from a torrent or, yes. you know, a peer to peer kind of thing. Yes. Because, yeah, that original Napster, I can still picture it. That yeah. square, you know, window with yeah. the little logo. It's amazing how, like, that just traveled through the world so quickly. It's amazing. You know what else traveled quickly is as soon as you download some of the crap, your computer just went to shit in months. Oh, yeah. I still remember my computer. Like, the pop-ups. And just the, your fan. <laughs> it's like, no, too much. Yeah, too much. too much downloading, too much porn. And then you'd have computer problems, and you'd call up the IT guy, and then you'd be like, oh, good, I hope, hope they don't find this. It's not the porn, it's the amount of illegal downloading that you're aware of doing. It got to a point, too, where it was like, the Windows I was using was actually pirated. Yeah. It's just like the world was just pirating, and there was nothing any authorities could do about it until... Do you remember when... The song I Disappear came out. It was for Mission Impossible yep. soundtrack. What, 2000, 2001? Well, uh, uh, well. Definitely not their finest moment, that's for I sure. I love that song. You know what it has in it? Wow. That's like signature James Hetfield right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here I go now. <laughs> that was peak, yeah, James Hetfield. Yeah. Even on a nostalgic sense, when you talk about Metallica, there are many eras of Metallica. <laughs> and whenever there's a quote-unquote bad era, now whether or not you consider it an evolution, try being the artist trying to meet the expectations of listeners without trying to satisfy your own man, expectations. Man. And like, I'm not, you know, saying I'm super enlightened or like an enlightened music fan, or but I remember even back then, I was so, I'm always annoyed when people get mad at 
change unless it's like obviously terrible but like the the whole remember the whole argument or the whole like controversy of when load came out yes uh and obviously they're coming off the black album the album that made them the household names they are and all of a sudden they cut their hair and everyone lost their minds. And I'm like, what? Calm down. I loved it. Well, I, not that I love the hair, but I was just excited for a new Metallica album. I just hated that. Whole, sure. That whole argument that like, oh, you're selling out because you like yeah, change yeah. your hairstyle. Like, yeah. how about we've been a band for fucking 15, you know, yeah. 20 years. Let's or try whatever. something new. Can for we Christ just like sake. live our lives? But, but at the same time, to that point, now looking back on load and reload, it's really not that bad. Because they gave us St. Anger. Well, that's true. They already gave, well, they gave us Lulu. Already forgettable. Like, <laughs> oh, like probably even arguably worse than St. Anger. Oh, it's, it's definitely worse than St. Anger. Right. St. So, Anger at least has a couple of good songs. Well, yeah, it's not, it's not that the songs are awful. It's just not meeting the expectations of yeah. the Metallica fan base. Yeah. But even when St. Anger came out, what was that? 2003, Fuck. 2002, something, yeah, like that. something like that. Early 2000s, they had already lost their quote unquote original diehard fan base. Mm-hmm. They had already lost them. And then anyone that stuck around were now offended by St. Anger. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like, did you come out of the woodwork just to hate on them again? Or did you, say okay you know what load and reload grew on me let's hear saying anger this sucks so now all of a sudden load and reload not that bad (laughs) yeah that's true you know when you go through the journey of downloading and trying to consume as much as possible like that was kind of the charm of of piracy for you as a consumer uh, morally speaking or not it was trying to get as much as you could of some of your favorite artists or tv shows or movies Mm -hmm. because you don't know when it's going to disappear. I disappear. And it was a demo version of that appeared oh, on rock radio stations. Okay, as a Crap. side note, Kyle got a little excited. I didn't do anything. He edged his way to popping that open. Oh, God. Terrible. That reminds me of what Adam said to Eve. Stand back. I don't know how big this thing's going to get. <laughs> Pirating was, it was almost like a gift to the people of the world. And how dare you take that gift away from us, sure. which is kind of weird to think about. But like looking back on it, everyone was so mad at, especially Lars is obviously the most well-spoken of them led the charge on it, but he was totally right. <laughs> everything and everything they're actually talking about now, even yes. with like for Spotify streams and um, how much an artist is supposed to get per stream and how they're like ripping off artists. Like that's what Lars was talking about way back in, like, yeah, they're millionaires or whatever, but they're still making a product and they have a lot of people behind them and they're putting a product out there for people to buy. And if you're just stealing that product that they put time and money into, they, it just it's funny how right he was and how the world just like shit on him completely. The wrath of the people. OK, so here's here's the little backstory. So Metallica discovered a demo of their song. I disappear that had been circulating across the network before it was released. This led to it being played on several radio stations across the U.S. and alerted Metallica to the fact that their entire backlog of studio material was also available. They sued Napster on March 13th, 2000. So Napster had just launched in 1999. Yeah. And they're already being sued the next year while Napster and Metallica are both names being mentioned on every news station. Yeah, that's true. And then a month later, 
So in April 2000, Dr. Dre also joined the lawsuit, filed a similar lawsuit after Napster refused his written request to remove his works from its service. That's pretty, that's pretty brazen and kind of shitty on Napster's part. Most certainly. It's like, it's not yours. Yeah. Like <laughs> in 2002, Napster announced that it was bankrupt and sold its assets to a third party. I wonder what that third party was. Let's go find out. Let's do a deep dive. 2002. So it only existed for three years. Basically, the entirety of their existence was involved in lawsuits, but it was like, you know, I have this thing I created. No one else has ever done this before. I'm just going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What if Sean Parker or whatever his partner was scared to do anything? They just said, fuck it. It's kind of interesting. Like those moments that change everything. The trademark was sold to Roxio. A new subscription service oh, yeah. that bought Napster. They tried to be like Spotify before Spotify. Uh, I think Napster is still being used as a as a brand, but it's also used uh, in partnership with Rhapsody over in the UK. Mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I've ever used Rhapsody, but no. Um, so then we're that takes us up to Grokster, Kazaa, and beyond, obviously. Morpheus, Streamcast, Master. Morpheus. Yes, that was one, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, w- did you use more the, the software or download direct from websites? That's where it ended up. But I remember, wasn't LimeWire and Kazaa, you could search in the client itself? Yes, yes. And then it would just give you a list of files. Yes. And you just double click on it. Like I forget, it was so long ago. But yeah. uh, I, can't, I, I just can't see myself having, like, gone to sites when i was using kazaa yeah. to download a torrent sure like I, like I would probably maybe allegedly do now now there was a website i used to go to a lot when i was in high school i started going through like 70s prog rock and experimental and it wasn't cool enough to find in like mainstream file sharing because up until that point i'd been trying to get a hold of new metal mm-hmm. only and this was such a big pet peeve and i'm sure many others were well, remember this. You would download a song that wasn't actually that artist. Oh, yeah. And it was even though it's it sounded like that band, this person who shared it just titled it like... <laughs> the file name was completely wrong. Uh, it, it really <laughs> bugged me. So there was a website that I found that was actually really accurate and falls more in line with where we are now post um, the Pirate Bay, which was Audio Galaxy. Oh, that doesn't sound familiar to me for some reason. Audio Galaxy. It was a blue website, and you just click on the satellite next to whatever you want to download, either the full album or just the tracks. It was an easy way for me to find more traditional classic recordings, which I could trust. (laughs) Trusting pirated music, Mm -hmm. of course. It seems weird that we just like downloaded whatever we saw you know what i mean what it, we searched for something we just saw it and we just down like who knows what kind of crazy viruses or like what the shit we might have downloaded to our oh computers. my god like, like uh, our generation kept our parents thinking that computers sucked <laughs> and now they're trying to work their own at home and they're like i think you got a virus again it's like no no trust me you don't we we used to but you don't now yeah okay now <laughs> Oh my God. I'm just looking at a picture. I just had to bring a picture because you showed me the picture of Audio Galaxy. I just didn't yeah. recognize this at all. But now, remember, like, this is LimeWire. Oh. So, yeah, you would definitely search. I remember within the 
uh, like the downloaded window. But I totally forgot about star ratings and amounts of like reviews that would tell you that it was good. And it was always like one song. Like here we have Outcast, Ghetto Music, Jay Z, Music Video, Lil Wayne, Fireman. It's so I just remember downloading single files before, like it would be most you know certainly. like like the I disappear or AVI files of just like single porn scenes. <laughs> I remember I would I would have to start like because your internet collect connection was so slow and the files were so big mm. that you'd have to. Uh, I remember I would just minimize. I'd have to leave the computer on all night, yep. minimize the Kazaa or the LimeWire window, and yeah. just pray. That my mom wouldn't open up the window to see what was being downloaded. Yeah, thank God that but didn't hey, happen. It was how it had to, how it had to go down. Here's another old one. WinMX. That sounds familiar to me. We we've come a long way, but we really haven't at the same time. It still exists, obviously. Oh yeah, for sure. And when, unfortunately, you can kind of you can tow a gray line with it. Yeah. So, okay. Well, there really isn't a gray line. I know. I know. I know there isn't. <laughs> but but morally, you somehow find your find your oh, way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can yeah, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> I remember that movie. I don't know if it was worth $20. Oh, maybe I'll just, you know. And all of a sudden it's like, now you've got it, right? So, Kyle, what were some of the uh some of the bands that you would have been pirating? I mean, I remember like first getting into Meshuga, trying to search mm. for Meshuga. I'm trying to think now, maybe like something like Led Zeppelin or right. Yeah, man, it's been so long. It's kind of crazy, but yeah, like I was telling you with that mix I made, the era of new metal. I remember Static X. I remember Disturbed. Stupefy was on that. Man, I wish I still had that CD. I wonder <laughs> what else is on there. Um, yeah, Stupefy. Fuck. Actually, we were talking about Slipknot. I do now remember I asked my buddy Sean, I think at the time, because I just, maybe I didn't know how to do it. He was always like the more computer savvy. And I asked him to to put, burn me some Slipknot. So for the longest time before I bought that CD, I yeah. had a burn disc of Slipknot self-titled, but the tracks were out of order. So to me, right. like, like when I finally heard the album, I was like, man, so first track on my burn disc was like the third quarter way down of the track list on the actual i don't know i just thought that was always interesting like mm. how i viewed the slipknot songs sure and then the album turned out to be just completely different than what i was yeah pirating you know and you would find concoctions oh yeah you would say oh this is a good one so you'd pick out like some strong openers and then all of a sudden you're like well i've got all this extra time and then you're putting on, like, soundtrack music that somehow you downloaded, too. Oh, yeah. I remember, like, having to f uh, find the right balance of the time. Remember, because mm. it was, like, only 73 minutes available yes, on right? the CD. <laughs> and, like, you could and you'd drag and drop the file, and then it would, like, it would fill up the time. Yep. And you could see the, the graph going up. Mm -hmm. That's hilarious, man. It's That's like, oh, excellent. too much? 75 minutes? Nope, too much. Got to pull one back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Machine Head. They had that new metal album, The Burning Red. I tried to convince myself that, that was like so good. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if it was. What, what was that song though? It was Oh man. It wasn't good. No, watch that now. Yeah. At the time I was like, man, this is the shit. 
Yeah. And then you watch that now, it's like the cheesiest thing I think I've ever seen. Like, oh, like Rob, baggy pants. Rob Flynn trying to rap. Oh, yeah. Is, oh, baby, Bill. And yeah, and he's like, he's gesturing at the camera, like doing the rap. But then the, the chorus was, uh, what was it? That's it. The way that I'm feeling inside. Or something like that. That's it. That's it. Nailed it. Yeah. And then there was that kind of a slowed down Slayer album, Diablos in Musica. See, the last Slayer album, I think I really, wasn't that one. What was the one? Divine Intervention. Divine Intervention. Yeah. Yeah. What a dirty, that was an evil sounding This was after that. Oh, okay. Yeah. This was after Divine. Because Divine Intervention, oh my God, that is a dirty album, like you said. Uh, divine intervention. What what was on that? There was a was that was Ditto a, Head. Ditto Head. The fastest. Bam, one of the fastest bam, Slayer songs. <laughs> but Diablo and Musica. That was right around the same era that Rick Rubin was becoming a household name mm-hmm. for alternative metal production. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was the same time period as the debut. System of a Down album. And Ooh. the production on both Diablo and Musica and System of a Down's first album are almost identical. Sounds very raw, live, in the room, which is so strange to say now because actually that's kind of like a really nice appeal of a band. You want to hear it in that raw format. Well, that's what I always loved about I mean, especially the ones that Rick Rubin actually produced. Yes. <laughs> it didn't seem overly produced. It was nope. just like, I'm going to slam distorted guitars in your face on yep. this side. And there's a second guitar on this side. And there's drums in the middle. Like, it was always very simple. Yeah. I think that's what I liked most about it, especially that first System album. Oh. So basically, I'm, I'm, as I'm cruising through this list here, I'm also seeing that a lot of the bands that I also downloaded would have been on the Woodstock 99 festival that was Ooh. also the debauchery of our generation. Oh, wait, I'm thinking of, I look more fondly back on 94. I remember well, of course. having that video. That was better. That was a, a really good home video. I remember I bought that. and um, Me and my buddy, actually Sean again, we got the pay-per-view and sat in my dad's basement. Nice. Watched Woodstock 94. Yeah. Green Day. Yeah. Playing the infamous... Getting mud the, jam. Getting the, yeah, the mud right on the guitar as he's playing. Yeah. 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 Hello, brown cow. <laughs> that was a good Billy Joe. So yeah, Woodstock 99, some of these bands would have also been on some downloads as well. Exactly. Corn, Kid Rock, Godsmack, Limbiscuit, and Seven Dust. Seven Dust. Yes. Yes, I was downloading, but it's almost like downloading to me was more of like to preview something. Yes. And then I'd buy the ones I liked always. Best of like, intention. Because I'm thinking of like Seven Dust, like I, that self-titled, the debut. Yes. And then Home. Oh, Home like is I, a great album. I bought those. I remember I bought those albums because I, there's, there's always something to be said and it can never be replaced. Like bringing home an album, opening it up, taking out the book, reading the credits, reading yes. the lyrics, following along with the lyrics as you listen to the album. Like to that point. You'd burn the CD, you check out the price, it's like, oh man, this album's like $30 to buy. Then there was a website that was a database of all the scans of the <laughs> booklet, and all of a sudden you're printing it out. And you, man, I was never that advanced. I don't think I've ever man, saw I, like I a... I guess I was that greasy. Yeah. But uh, that was. But speaking of greasy, that was greasy. Like Thinking back on it now, 
why were why were some albums 20 like back then they were 25 20 bucks why was the crash test dummies 30 dollars <laughs> it's like that's insane towards the end of it all um as i mean you you think about it now and you can kind of track it but at sure. the time i was like man all these albums are always like 10 bucks now that's sweet right <laughs> so where are we now uh, i was ten dollars a month for anything we want exactly but you don't own it no physical media and here i am i was yesterday i was in taz records i love taz records they are a flagship of halifax but something I'm finding is that as increasingly as anything becomes popular, it becomes a commodity. The pricing of vinyl is now through the roof. So now we're back to 30 and now we're into 40, $50 versions really? of albums of new, new albums yeah. that are like $50 to buy. Yeah. That $50 seems a little excessive. Especially if you're playing it on like a $20 record player or something you know like but i'm talking like 50 dollars for a brand new album of a brand new album that just came out not a brand new pressing of an old one like a brand new album that just came out Mm -hmm. yeah like again like you said like you're actually owning something a physical copy of it but so there's the gray area that i was talking about yeah so okay so now if if i wanted to own it there's your price points so say it was like $10 an album, you're like, that's fine, but I'm already spending $10 a month and I can listen to whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Ooh, but I get this cool limited edition vinyl, but I have to spend at least $40 for it. So now I'm back to either $10 a month for Spotify or the old way, downloading illegally with the best of intention to if you like it, then you'll go and buy it, which is also what I did. Mm-hmm. But if it was too much, you didn't buy it. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Or you waited until it was used at Urban Sound Exchange. Uh, going to HMV or Music World or whatever mm. when buying CDs was still the thing. But the mass produced, like a blockbuster or like anything, like the mass produced things, like the big pop albums, the big albums, they'd be on sale maybe $14.99, $9.99. You'd go to the metal section, the stuff that you know you want to hear. And those albums were always 25 like 30 bucks, you know? Just as just in the seed, the regular CD bins, like I'm a sugar. I remember like, and actually I got to give credit to the coast magazine for this. They, I remember there was like a year end list and they put Meshuggah's nothing. The album that got me into Meshuggah. Yeah. So then after seeing that coast article, I went HMV had it. Remember listening posts, remember HMV oh, wow. listening posts yeah. and nothing was there. So wow. it was almost, you could preview it, but still the album was like 20 bucks, 25 bucks, but yeah. Um, my first, actually, speaking of Mashuga, another band I downloaded. Um, a lot of my early death metal I downloaded. Mashuga's first album for me was Destroy, Erase, Improve. Mm-hmm. Future Breed Machine. I think I put that on every mix that I had. <laughs> so good. And just think of how easy that song is now to your ears. But then? Oh, yeah. That was chaos. It was chaos, yeah. No one even thought of trying to mimicking that. <laughs> now everyone's got a nine-string guitar and they're playing gent. Gent, I know. Here's another memory trip for you. Mud Shovel by Stained. Mm. I remember that hearing that. That could have been on my burned yeah. downloaded. I remember hearing that thinking, wow, those guitars are really low. Yeah, what was he that? Tuned, he, he tuned very low. I'm trying to think now. I think... Yeah, the the uh, was it Family Values? Yep, the Family Values tour. That yep. video, that home video, definitely made me um, 
aware of Incubus mm-hmm. stained for sure. And I think they played Mud Shovel on that video. They did. I mean, it was their lead off single, I guess. But oh, yeah. You can't take my air, girl. But that guitar exactly was like the lowest, lowest tune guitar. Boom, boom. Yeah. What else we got? Papa Roach Infest. Come my life into pieces. <laughs> That's all you have to say about that one. But also that reminds me too, like, um, you know, I guess this is just another nostalgic conversation to have, but yeah, the Tony Hawk soundtrack. Oh, dude. That Blood Brothers song. Like, I just, I love that song. Yeah, man. Yeah, that really takes you right back. Um, Crazy Town. Ew. So we're still looking at early 2000s. Is that early 2000s, all the stuff you were just saying? Yeah, that's all 2000s, essentially. Oh, my God. Uh, 2001. 20 years ago. I know. Saliva. Click, click, boom. Ugh. Yeah. So this is this is that. But like, era it's so of, crazy. Like at the time, yeah. that was like, man, that's the shit. Yes, I know, right? So like, y- y- you would come across these songs that either you heard in a movie, a trailer, a video game, you saw them much loud, or you had a friend who had a cool car with a kick and sound system. And then they play their version of metal for you, which is inevitably like Kid Rock or something that's got, you know, oh a, God, half-time, a half-time driving bass. Man, when was Kid Rock? I mean, that takes me back. I uh, can, like, Rebel Without a Cause? Because now you're like making me... Th- I, My I'll- name is Kid! <laughs> <laughs> it's Kid, baby! It's Kid Rock! <laughs> Like, how the fuck did that become such a huge hit? Oh, God. Oh, and this is for the questions that don't have any answers. The midnight glances and the topless dancers. Kid Rock's putting it down, man. (laughs) This is for the questions. God, you know what's really embarrassing is that that just all happened just now. (laughs) So get in the pit and try to love someone. Get in the pit and try to love someone. Okay, now, I'll give him credit. Get in the pit and try to love someone is a great, great line. Yeah. Go moving on from music, like how it extended to not only movies, but video games. Oh. Because I remember, um, like, my buddy called me over once and he was like, I got a surprise. Because he knew how to do all that shit. And I was like, what do you got? Remember when you could, like, pirate, like, PlayStation 1 games and, like, Tony Hawk 2? Right. And, like, the Rage Against the Machine songs and, again, like, the Papa Roach songs. But yeah, like pirating video games, that was, I think that was actually one of the things that crashed the Dreamcast was that it was so, remember the Sega Dreamcast was a yep. short-lived system because easily. it was so easily uh, burnable. You could just yeah. burn games yeah. and um, there was like no copyright software or anything on the system and you could just play whatever you, you threw at it. So... We've downloaded, we've burnt. Now what? Someone, somewhere, in some part of the world, we'll yes. figure out a way to just get around it, even if only for like a week. Yes. Like we'll, you know, we'll fuck you over, and you know, we'll find a way to do it. <laughs> we'll fuck you. It's like human nature or something. We oh, need yeah. to. It's a, it just you know shortcuts. It, it's lashing out against authority, I guess, and. It just it manifests in so many different ways. Yeah. Illegally downloading is you buy a ticket to one movie and sneak into the other. Exactly. Wow. 
That's now that's pretty profound in a way. That's, uh, Pirating is sneaking into a movie that you're not supposed to be into. You paid for one movie and you went all day. That's hilarious. Wow. Hey guys, I'm Darcy, founder of Spirit. And I'm Kelly, the chief technical officer of Spirit. Back in 2011, we formed the Supernatural Paranormal Investigations and Research Institute, searching for answers to mysterious things that were happening in our little corner of Canada. And we haven't stopped searching for those answers ever since. Join us on our podcast, Canadian Spirit, as we dive into all of Canada's most famous and forgotten paranormal mysteries. Examine the evidence and try to figure out what might be behind Canada's ghosts, cryptids, and UFO encounters. In Canadian Spirit, you'll get a peek behind the curtain and see for yourself what being a paranormal investigator is really like and learn something about Canadian history, which isn't as boring as it sounds. Even if it is, we're a pair of chuckle fucks, so we'll do our best to make it entertaining. So come along for the ride and discover for yourself what makes the land of maple and hockey so wonderfully weird. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, you know, wherever you find your podcasts. And remember, raccoons are aliens, werewolves are perverts, and ghosts are just downright rude sometimes. Stoner Chicks. We're four friends who met through comedy and bonded through weed. I'm Grace Penzel. I'm Kayla Teal. I'm Stephanie Thompson. I'm Phoebe Richards. If you love smoking weed and laughing with your friends, this podcast is for you. Weekly episodes will drop on Fridays starting April 2nd. So subscribe now to Stoner Chicks wherever you get your podcasts. Coming to your favorite podcatcher soon. (laughs) Okay, well, I don't know. I don't know where to take it from there. But. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just been cool. Like, just, you know, it's been a while since I've even thought about any of this stuff, you know. Yeah. And it's amazing how those things just kind of come back out of nothing. Just like, yeah. you know, just thinking about them. Bootlegging music has been around forever. I know. Like, so um, the you- bands themselves would just do a shitty cassette tape and just hand them out. And then mm-hmm. that would get copied and pirated. You know, essentially pirated and you make a copy of the tape and then you'd send it to someone you knew. And that's how bands got known. Yeah, most certainly. I remember even like the early stages of computer gaming, PC gaming. It was called shareware. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was a a spot in Cole Harbor where I grew up that was like a, a little shack. Yes. I think it was called Fred's Shareware or something. It was just something so simple. But it was that's where you went to get your kind of bootleg shared copies of Wolfenstein 3D. Doom. The first Doom. I remember getting a disc at Fred's Shareware, you know. Bootlegging through tape. You know, cassette, CD, without the internet. It seemed different, but it's the exact same. It's just the access to it was a little different. The the downloading that you and I did in the late 90s, early 2000s, the quality wasn't great. Like it was 128 kilobytes and we thought it sounded okay because oh, you could th- download it. I thought we thought it sounded amazing. I was but, always just happy with everything. Yeah. <laughs> 320 was oh, like, 320, 320 was, was quality. the gold standard. Oh yeah. If you found that. <laughs> I remember I always like, and if 
I always liked going for the 192 because it was like the middle ground. It was. You know. The 192 <laughs> totally was the middle ground. It was worth a little bit extra to wait. Yeah. But. But I'm not, you know, it, it just didn't take forever and it wasn't such a huge file. That's so funny. That is that. so funny. But here we are. We're talking about a heyday of downloading music during a time when we didn't have access to music like we do today. And if it wasn't for that, maybe our tastes would not have been established. I mean, it's true. Without discovering certain bands along the way. Because a kid just can't afford to, like, a little kid, he just can't afford to buy every single thing to figure out, you know, in a way, no. it's like figuring out what you like, what yeah. you don't like. So as much as as much as much you can say it's wrong or, you know, morally it's just not right, it doesn't support the artist, at the same time, like I said... If it wasn't for it, maybe you wouldn't have discovered some of your favorite hmm. bands, artists, albums, mm -hmm. even styles of music or ways that you identify yourself with in al alternative subcultures of society. And hmm. rant, mic drop. So thank you again for joining us on this weird, random, yeah. nostalgia-filled rants on illegal activity yeah illegal activity <laughs> yes thank you for listening to a free show created by people for free for you <laughs> hopefully you've enjoyed it but you know where to find us we're at nostalgunk pod oh wait i forgot one thing so metallica's until it sleeps mm -hmm. is documented and debated and discussed still online as the first circulated pirated mp3 that's crazy because i always would have assumed it was i disappear right but it was actually uh until it sleeps which takes it back to actually mid 90s so know. you know like what would that have been on a geo city site <laughs> geo city did you go to web crawler to uh, find Net that netscape navigator Ooh, <laughs> netscape navigator <laughs> did you find out about metallica through encarta encarta Oh my god, well that's a whole other discussion like. So on that note I'm Matt from Nostalgia Junk Podcast saying Until it sleeps And I'm Kyle from Nostalgia Junk Podcast saying Get in the pit and try to love someone <laughs>